Welcome to 3 Minutes of Time Crafting. I'm back with new daily episodes every single day. That's what daily means, where I'll be giving you three minutes of insight, just me, on my own. Insights into time management, task management, priority management, attention management, all the things you need to manage. And one of the things that I want to talk about is, is triggers and, and, and dates and specific dates and how they can really matter, occasions that can really matter to you. And there's one that's mattered to me in particular over the past few years. More specifically in recent years, it's kind of like a mid-year reset, but in the past, it's marked the beginning of my year. It's Groundhog Day. Now, why does Groundhog Day hold a special significance to me? Well, it's based solely on the movie that Harold Ramis directed and Bill Murray was in. The idea and the premise behind the movie Groundhog Day, which has not only found quite the cult following, but has found the admiration of of movie professionals, so much so that it's been so highly regarded, it's a protected film at this point. Um, the, the premise is, is that uh, Bill Murray's character, Phil, Phil Connors, uh, has to go through... Uh, the same day over and over and over again, Groundhog Day. And ultimately, uh, spoiler alert, uh, he escapes that endless loop. That's a really charming film, and I encourage you to give it a, a, a watch if you haven't already. I do it every single year. I've recorded it on my PVR, and it's something that I continuously watch. There's another movie I watch as well, and I'll get to that uh, in a future episode. But uh, Groundhog Day has that significance because for me, I don't. I, I use it as an opportunity to kind of give myself a reset. I don't necessarily, and when I say necessarily, I'll, I'll kind of dive into that a bit. I don't want the rest of the year to resemble all of the poor attitudes and actions that have taken place in the days preceding. So Groundhog Day, February 2nd, is my time to kind of look at what's gone on since September, which is when I start my year, and ask myself, have I made the right kind of progress? Have I uh, made inroads? Have I, you know, been paying attention to my intentions? If I have, great. Uh, those ones stay. If I haven't, then I give them a closer look and try to dig into them a little bit more. So Groundhog Day is a really important day for me. And it's not insignificant that I'm releasing the newly revamped daily podcast, uh, Three Minutes of Time Crafting, after that day. So I encourage you to look for days uh, that are significant, that provide you moments where you can, you know, redesign, rebuild, and reclaim uh, the months ahead. Uh, look for those, utilize them, and leverage them. That's it for this episode of 3 Minutes of Time Crafting. I'll see you tomorrow with a fresh new episode. Until then, I'll see you later. Here's your 3 Minutes of Time Crafting for February 4th, 2019. I'm your host, Mike Vardy. And... I think that I want to focus today on something that we don't take a lot of time necessarily to do or enough time. And I've been doing this more and more lately, especially as of late uh, when I released a newsletter, uh, my first email in like seven months. Uh, it's it's why you need to take time to sit back with feedback. Not just, not just take it in, but take time to kind of absorb it and sit with it. I think one of the biggest things that people run into is they, they take the feedback and then they, they just make note of it, but they don't sit down and, and apply it or, or think of how they can apply it. I'll give you an example of this uh, and, and one of the ways that I'm able to do it. So 
I was recently given additional feedback on my main podcast, the Productivityist podcast, from a review that we got that I need to give more space to the guest. Uh, I've gotten better at that over the years, but even still, I could stand to do it more. And the, the initial response I had was, well, the reason people subscribe to the podcast is the one constant, other than the guest, there's one constant, the one constant is me. So am I, you know, am I really uh, not doing a good job by interacting with guests? Am I stepping on people? So I started to think about it. And then what I did was, and this is what I think you can do, what I suggest you do, is uh, I have a themed day for where, where I focus on audio. It's called my listening day, and it's on Wednesdays. So this past Wednesday, I sat and I listened to a couple of episodes, but I also had a meeting with my podcast producer, John Polster, who, who you know, he said, yeah, you know, sometimes it happens. I've noticed it. And we came up with a solution because we sat time with this, took the time to sit back and, and, and think about the feedback. And we decided that we would orchestrate the podcast a little differently so that I would be able to not only, you know, give the guests their space, but also make note of my own insights that I could share with, with the audience later and then fulfill that thought that I had, which was that people are there to listen to me as well. It also gave me the impetus to fire up this podcast again. So I think the next time you get feedback, rather than just make note of it, make note of it in in a task that you'll revisit later, whether you've got some kind of modality like listening, like I do, that's a daily theme, or maybe you've got um, some kind of uh, research uh, mode that you want to go into. Make some time and then take the time to sit with that feedback and analyze it because what you could come out of it with is something that you didn't expect in the first place and it could be so much more. Uh, that's it for three minutes of time crafting for today. Thanks so much for listening. I am your host, Mike Vardy, and until next time, we'll see you later. Here's your three minutes of time crafting for February 5th, 2019. I'm your host, Mike Vardy. <coughs> that cough was left there on purpose. A little bit sick today. Not 100% sick, but feeling a little bit under the weather. And I think one of the things that people run into trouble with when they're sick is that they feel like the day is basically just going to be a waste. They, they show up at work and they'll dive into as much work as possible, but they really can't put forward their, their best. Uh, so they struggle through the day. And ultimately what happens is they, uh, they feel like they've delivered subpar results. The other thing that can happen is they just call in sick, whether they're, you know, 50% sick or 100% sick, but they, they just say, you know, what, I don't want to go into work today because I either don't want to get anybody else sick or I just feel like, you know, it, it, it's it, I'm not going to be able to perform at my best and I don't want to have to deal with things that are thrown my way, so on and so forth. Then what happens is you go back to work the next day uh, or the next instance, and now you've got that work that was scheduled the day you were off, piled on top of the work that you need to do from that day forward. So neither are terribly productive. One is very kind of scattered. Uh, you're just kind of going in and going through the motions, uh, dealing with what you can while also trying to, to manage your health. But the other one is is just you're, you're basically almost going too far and saying, you know what, I'm sick. <clears throat> 
I can't uh, make it in today. And then you're piling it on for the next day. Now, don't get me wrong. In some instances, you just need to stay home. Make no mistake. This is not necessarily going to be something that you need to take into account for work. But what I'm going to offer you some advice on today is something that will help you when you are sick, whether you show up for work or not, whether it's a work day or not. I often group my tasks by several different modalities. And one of the categories of modes that I use when I'm assigning my uh, modes to work or tasks on my to-do list are energy-based modes. And so some tasks require greater energy than others. So I have high energy or low energy or deep work or shallow work. When you need to be productive when you're sick, it's better for you to focus your energy on those low energy or shallow work kind of tasks. You can even name them something that might trigger you when you're sick. So that way you know that those are the tasks you should work on. We all have those kind of tasks that we need to work on on an everyday basis. So when you're not feeling 100% or you're home for the day or you're just worn out, tackle those tasks. Make those tasks your, your things to do because you're going to be able to do them well and leave the other ones for later when you're feeling at your, your, your more optimal self. That's really it. That's how you can be productive when you're sick. That's it for this uh, episode of Three Minutes of Time Crafting. I'm Mike Vardy, and I'll see you later. Here's your Three Minutes of Time Crafting for February 6th, 2019. I am your host, Mike Vardy. You know, I talked yesterday a little bit about the importance of, you know, how to how to craft your day so that when you're sick, you can still be productive. But there's something that you need to keep in mind in tandem with that. And that is if you're sick or feeling under the weather or run down, the importance of self-care when it comes to time management and productivity. Uh, The world moves fast and there's lots of opportunities that come your way every single day, both personally and professionally, no matter what age you are. And it's important that when you need to be more productive in the future, that you take care of yourself in the present. So that's going to mean taking my advice from yesterday and doing some of those low energy, shallow work kind of tasks when you aren't feeling 100%. Because that's a form of self-care. That's a form of you recognizing what your body is telling you and what, and even what your psyche is telling you and then understanding that there's only certain things that you can accomplish in that time frame and embracing that rather than trying to force something that just isn't going to come through. The other thing is that the less you do that, the longer you perpetuate that lower energy levels that you're feeling. And instead of having something last for a shorter period of time, it can drag on and on and on. And that in and of itself much like doing something consistently in a good way is good for your productivity and helps you move things forward. Doing it the opposite way keeps you kind of standing still or moving sideways. And when that happens, then you've got to course correct. And when you have to course correct, then you have to stop and really take a look at where you are, where you were, and ultimately try to figure out where you need to go to get back on track. So things that you can do to help yourself out with self-care regardless of whether you're sick or maybe you're like me and you're a night owl and you want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself in the morning, prepare the night before. You know, that's part of my evening routine. Make sure that my breakfast stuff is ready for the next day so I can wake up in the morning, fire up that shake and get ready to go. Same thing with coffee being ground and things like that. Having that stuff ready to go for me is a form of self-care because then I can hit the ground running in the morning both in the event that the day starts off just fine and dandy and then in the event when days and they do happen when they don't start off exactly the way that you're hoping so that's just one example and i'm sure you can find plenty of others in your personal professional life that allow you to kind of set the table for the day to come 
so that way when the inevitable weirdness happens, uh, you know, I call it the about a boy syndrome, when those things show up that you totally don't expect, you're ready to handle them no matter what your energy level is. So self-care and productivity go hand in hand. You can't ignore it. Uh, it's important sometimes to slow down so that eventually you can speed back up again. That's it for today. I'm Mike Vardy, and I'll see you tomorrow with another three minutes of time crafting. Here's your three minutes of time crafting for February 7th, 2019. I am your host, Mike Vardy, and I want to talk to you today about the key to setting boundaries. One thing that we we need to do when we are trying to craft our time and and shape our day the way we really want, uh, and it doesn't just go for the day, but obviously beyond, is that you need to set boundaries. Uh, those boundaries can be set inside your calendar. We talk about theming your time. We talk about horizontal themes, daily themes, etc. Uh, those uh, those boundaries can be set through software. You know, I use Acuity Scheduling, for example, to make sure that uh, you know people can only book coaching calls with me and podcast interviews with me at certain times based on my daily themes, actually. Um, but really what it boils down to when it comes to boundaries, no matter how many you set, no matter what they are, no matter who they are with, it's you need to be able to make sure that you respect them yourself first. Because if you don't do that, then you can't expect anybody else to. Uh, I'll give you an example. If you were going to make a commitment, let's say to, to a book club. So let's say you're going to join a book club. And you know they want to meet every every month. And you look at your overall schedule and you've got a busy family life and such. And you say to yourself, you know, what? I, I can commit to this. Uh, it's a recurring date, which we've, we've set. Let's say the group has set that. Uh, if you say, you know what, I'm going to go to book club every month on this date, you know, unless something catastrophic happens or I'm out of town or like it'll be an exception to the rule if I don't make it. If you share that with your family and you share that with your friends and you share that with others, that's great. That's a boundary you've set. Every month on this particular day of the week, uh, every four weeks, we're going to get together and, and do this. That's why time works so well. It's kind of a universal connector. But if you start missing those or you start skipping or you say, you know what, it doesn't really matter, and you start to be uh, less respectful of that boundary you set, then it's, it's not something that's going to stick. Um and the inverse, if you say that you can't make it every month and all of a sudden the people on the other side of the equation that are in that book club, let's say, and they say, hey, you know what, uh, what you know, they start to tease you or, or point it out, you can say, you know, hey, look, I'm respecting those boundaries. I, I expect you to as well. And if, by the way, if you find that that's not going to happen, um, then you have a couple of thoughts. Number one, maybe the boundary is too strict. Or number two, maybe those are people or individuals or groups that you don't necessarily want to be around because they don't respect your boundaries. But the key to setting boundaries is to make sure that you don't just set them, but that you respect them. Because if you don't respect them, then you can't expect anybody else to. So keep that in mind when you're setting boundaries for your time. That's it for today. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of three minutes of time crafting here's your three minutes of time crafting for february 8th 2019 i'm mike vardy you know one of the things that i think is important is obviously routines i think that those are the things that bookend your day and i think that if you want to make sure that news in particular or things that are going on around outside your sphere uh, your environment that are going to influence how you work and how you treat your day and how the day treats you it's important to uh, understand how how you can place 
you know, the reading of the news or the absorption or consumption of the news throughout your day uh, so that it doesn't affect you throughout your day. So I'll give you a, a couple of ways to frame this because I think that especially in today's, uh, you know, kind of uh, over um, overindulgence of, of sharing uh, when it comes to news and uh, speaking to Cal Newport about this uh, when he talks about digital minimalism and he's not the only one that talks about this but this idea of listen there's so much coming at you all the time when do you if at all absorb it or consume it so what I do and again this is because of how my energy levels are is I'll read news in the morning and I won't read like the typical world news stuff. I'll leave that for later in the day when my day is done so that it doesn't impact me later when I'm trying to do my creative work. But I'll read news related to my work. For example, today, you know, I'm reading about how uh, a certain email app comes back into play and should I use it? Like things that are related to what I want to see. And you can craft that. You can use RSS feeds. You can use podcasts. You can use an app like Flipboard to kind of frame the kind of stories and uh, information that you want to see so that when you go into that, you, and, and I do this every morning, I read my RSS feeds and I read Flipboard to see, hey, what are the things that are important to me that are going to enrich me going into the day? Not so much as, you know, influence me in another direction and pull me away and, and maybe drain my energy. If you are into, you know, news and seeing what other people are doing, but you also are aware that it can affect you either in terms of draining your energy or pulling you away and distracting you and, and diverting you from the work you need to be doing, what you can actually do is read that stuff when the day is done. So jump on Facebook when the day is done. Uh, only have messaging turned on, let's say, so that way you, you only see the messaging and you don't see the news feed. Things like that. So you don't have to be super extreme with it, but it's about being deliberate and intentional about when you want that stuff to have your attention. So I encourage you today to take a look at what you're absorbing, what you're consuming, and be more intentional about when you want it to have your attention because that does play a role in your personal productivity and how your days, weeks, and months unfold. That's it for today. I'll see you next time on another episode of 3 Minutes of Time Crafting. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later. Here's your three minutes of time crafting for February 9th, 2019. I'm Mike Vardy. Have you ever heard of the term mise en place? I might not be pronouncing it wrong, but basically it's a term that chefs use, particularly French chefs, that uh, is kind of akin to putting everything in its place. Uh, there's a, a book about it called Work Clean that kind of uses this philosophy. The name of the author is escaping me right now, but if you go to Amazon and look up Work Clean, you'll find it. Um, but the idea is that everything goes back into the place that it's supposed to so that when the next shift comes on or when the chef comes back to work again, he knows or she knows exactly where those things are supposed to be. We can practice this in our daily lives with things like car keys, for example, or house keys, uh, you know, having a specific spot for those. So that way, when you are in a hurry, rushing out the door, or let's say you, you, you just have misplaced your keys, the first place you will look is the place that you usually put them. Think of this as a ritualistic kind of uh, productivity tip of sorts. You can apply this to so many areas of your life so that way, and you already do, by the way, you already do. Uh, if you go into your kitchen, there's probably a place where you always put the coffee mugs and there's probably always a place where you put the 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 
forks. And there's probably always a place where you put those trays that you only pull out when you have dinner parties. So you're probably already doing this in some way, shape, or form. In fact, a lot of the stuff that I talk about when it comes to time crafting, you're doing in some way, shape, or form. You just haven't really defined it and even embraced it to use it in other places. So think about this idea of mise en place. Think about like, hey, where am I going to put these things so that I lower my bandwidth when I am going to, you know, be attacking something? Uh, I know exactly where it's supposed to be. And then once you do this consistently, because you're conscious about it, then you're confident that it's going to be there. So that's a big thing to keep in mind. You can do this also with uh, the apps that you're using. Uh, if you're using an Android or iOS device, you can put things in very specific folders that have a very specific name, so that way you know exactly where to look for them. Same thing with uh, you know your different screens on these devices. You may have those screens kind of themed to uh, to a certain degree, so that way you know exactly where to find those particular types of apps. You can do this on your desktop computer. You can do this with your children. You know, you probably are to a certain degree if you have kids. So the big lesson I want you to take away here is, is to embrace this idea of mise en place, everything in its place. If you uh, are finding that you're, there's some friction in your life with certain tasks or certain things that you're missing out on and you don't want to have to think about them, uh, find a place to put them build a routine around them and that way when you are going to try to access them or uh, move forward you can move forward knowing that everything is in its place and there's a place for everything or vice versa that's your three minutes of time crafting i'm mike vardy i'll see you later here's your three minutes of time crafting for february 10th 2019 i'm mike vardy i'm going to talk about something that happened very recently uh today uh, kind of a bit of a news item i'm going to kind of talk about how I feel about what's just happened with this. Um, and it's not it's not anything uh, political or anything like that. It's about an email app that has risen from the grave, Newton. Now, for those of you who don't know what Newton is, it used to be called Cloud Magic, and it was a cross-platform email application, so a place where you check email that you would find uh, on you know your mobile devices, on your desktop, um, and it was rechristened as Newton. Uh, several several uh at least well over a couple years ago and uh in in 2018 in late 2018 uh they ceased operations they were closing up shop uh, i've actually uh newton was a sponsor of my other podcast the productivityist podcast for a few episodes uh, i've used newton uh consistently loved it loved the ability to easily move things from my email to either todoist or asana and it, you can do it for a bevy of other apps as well and i really enjoyed using it and when it went away it came uh, you know at a time where i was i was okay with it there's lots of other email applications that were available and it's not something that i'm not used to either when you work in this space long enough you recognize that apps come and go that's why i always say focus on the app within you know, figure out what your approach is and your framework and find an app that you can apply that framework to consistently and confidently. Okay. So for me, when Newton was announced uh, this week that they were coming back, Newton had said, Hey, we're back with new ownership and new, uh, new features. There's new features and all this stuff. I wasn't I wasn't excited. It was, I was met with like tepid, <laughs> tepidness around it because, uh, you know, I thought I, I have a, an account that I can still use, but it brought back the idea that uh, I could go back into it and use it without issue because I've got a framework that's that will support it, but I'm using spark right now and it can do the exact same thing. Uh, you know, maybe you use Gmail or outlook or whatever. Bottom line is, is apps come and go and don't get, 
pulled in by either the return of an app that kind of left you in the dust, uh, unless you really, really want to get back into it and you, you've not spent a lot of time learning a new one. I think this is a, a definitely a, a unique scenario where, where Newton has come back. Not many of them do. But again, the big focus here that I want you to keep in mind is always focus on your approach first and then the applications you use to facilitate the approach second. Because if the app goes away, you don't want to be left in the lurch wondering, how am I going to move things forward? How am I going to get things done now that the app is gone? So remember, app first or approach first rather, <laughs> app second. Okay, uh, that's it for your three minutes of time crafting for today. I will see you next time. Here's your three minutes of time crafting for February 11th, 2019. I'm Mike Vardy. So this past weekend, I flew down to San Diego. And actually, as, as you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on the day that this was published, I'm still in San Diego. And I'm looking at the window as I'm recording this, and I see that, oh boy, snow. Uh, you know, which is not something that we get very often here in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. But it got me to thinking, snow or otherwise, the importance of uh, taking control of things you actually can control. And one of those things that you can control is getting to the airport in plenty of time to catch your flight, to get through security, to deal with all of the things, and in my case, to also deal with things like customs, and making sure that you don't have to get anxious or nervous or, uh, you know, um, feel rushed when you are at the airport because uh, of the fact that you know you 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 don't want you might miss your flight here's the thing is there are guidelines in place for you to get to the airport at a certain period of time and not everyone adheres to them and some of them are, are fairly liberal in in that you know you need to be there three hours in advance and depending on the size of your airport and where you're traveling to that's not necessarily going to be the case but when you are getting ready to travel, it's important to take into account a few things, weather being one of them. I'm going to be leaving shortly after recording this to get to the airport even earlier than usual, not because I'm going to arrive at the airport earlier than usual, but because I'm probably going to be faced with traffic heading to the airport. So I'll probably get to the airport at about the time I should be, which is about two hours beforehand, considering it's an international flight. But secondly, you also want to make sure you leave in time regardless of weather traffic plays a role but also the fact that you want to make sure that you're there to deal with all of the things that lead up to the fact that 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 involve travel all those things so that way it's it's far better to sit in the airport for a little bit longer in the waiting area than to make it to your flight with a mere moments to spare uh, you know, we all know that planes board earlier than, you know, about a half hour beforehand, depending on flights. So if you want to have peace of mind and you also want to respect the other travelers that you're dealing with and make sure that they have peace of mind, because if you've been on a plane before and been in an airport, you know, it's not necessarily a fun place to be until you get to the other side when you're just simply waiting to get on your aircraft to go to your destination. Uh, keep all of that in mind when you're getting ready to travel, because that is a more productive way to fly. You know, the idea of getting there in plenty of time so that you're not rushed, you're not anxious, you're not nervous, you're not, you're not flustered as you make your way through security, through customs, through all those other things. You can get to your, your gate, wait there, do whatever you need to do, do some reading, do whatever it is, take that time and embrace it because then you get time to settle down before you get up again, get on your flight and get on your way. That's your three minutes of time crafting for today. Here's I'll your three time. minutes of time crafting for February 12th, 2019. I'm Mike Vardy. 
So yesterday I talked about a better way to fly, you know, getting to the airport with plenty of time so that way you're sitting on the other side of security with time to spare and you're not anxious or flustered or anything. You just settle in and read a book or do whatever. But what about when you get home? One of the things that kind of irks my wife, I'll be honest, is that uh, I, I always unpack as soon as I get home from travel. You know, Today I returned home from San Diego from my trip. Uh, at least that's the plan at this point. I'm recording this, of course, before I go to San Diego. So the idea is that I'm going to return home and I'm going to unpack as soon as I get home. Now, that's not because I, you know, necessarily want to get everything back in its place. Although, as I talked about in an earlier episode, mise en place is kind of how I operate with things like this. But it is, it is part of it because I want to make sure that while it's fresh in my mind that I do things like, uh, you know, make sure that my dot bag has replenished goods in it. So if I need a new razor blade, I can put it in there right now. If I need to get new shampoo or something like that, I can put it in, but I can replenish those goods. So that way, the next time I'm getting ready to travel, I've already got that stuff good to go. I even uh, swap out the gym clothes that I bring if I actually have a chance to work out when I'm traveling. Uh, so I put new gym clothes in there. So that way I've got those ready to go as well. So I have certain things already packed, like a checklist of things that are pre-packed. So every time I get ready to go, those are already done. And then that way, when I get ready for my next trip, which honestly, as I'm recording this, is not too far off from this trip to San Diego, I know that those things are already in place. I have that certainty of, of knowing that, yes, my dot bag is replenished. Yes, I have fresh deodorant. Yes, I have a fresh razor blade. All that stuff is taken care of. I do the same thing with my electronics. I have very specific cables and very specific chargers that are just meant for travel. That way, when I just I can just grab them and go, they're already ready to go. I replenish those. I get those ready because there's nothing worse than trying to go through cables and chargers and all that stuff when you've got a flight to catch, especially, as I mentioned last, last episode, if you want to get to the airport with time to spare. So... Right now, I'm actually recording this just before I'm supposed to leave to the airport, and I've got plenty of time because my bag is packed. I'm ready to go. Uh, I'm standing here, not outside my door yet. I'm standing, getting ready to go. Uh, but the, here, here's some really good advice. When you get home, the travel and the journey doesn't end until you've unpacked, until you've gotten everything taken care of, and then all of a sudden, you've replenished yourself for the next trip so that when you're getting ready to pack for the next one, you've already saved yourself some steps. So that's my advice. Get yourself ready for the next trip when you're done the current trip. And that way you can move things forward in a more productive way the next time you have to grab your bag and go. That's it. That's a nice little two-parter about travel here, especially considering that's what I'm going to be doing. Uh, and so I want to thank you for uh, joining me today on another episode of Three Minutes of Time Crafting. I will see Here's you. your Three Minutes of Time Crafting for February 13th, 2019. I'm Mike Vardy. And I'm looking out the window of my resort that I'm staying at in San Diego after just finishing up a speaking engagement and getting ready to head home to the Pacific Northwest where the snow has been coming down relentlessly in a place where snow doesn't come down, let alone relentlessly. <laughs> and I'm using this as kind of a goal, a visual trigger, if you will, by looking outside and seeing people running along the beach and biking along the beach and not wearing winter jackets or wearing winter jackets when I know I wouldn't have to need to wear a winter jacket. And I, what I want to talk to you today in these th you know, three minutes is this idea of, of leveraging these triggers, you know, which you may not always recognize as triggers and 
allowing them to be the things that you've, you've paid attention to and then marry them to the intentions that you may want to see happen because of what you've seen through these triggers. So what do I mean by that? Well, I look outside, it's the middle of February, and I'm saying, you know what, I really want to spend more time in warmer climates, let alone warmer climates. I want to spend more time in San Diego. So how am I going to make that happen? What do I need to do to make that happen? That's a big project. Spend more time in San Diego. So what that will require me to do is to, first off, figure out a way to pay attention to that consistently because come tomorrow, I will not be looking out the window of this resort and seeing a a wonderful beach and things like that. So taking a picture is helpful for that kind of thing. So that way it's always top of mind. But further to that, starting to break down the tasks that you need to put in place, the, the tasks that you know will get you closer or me closer in this case to that goal is incredibly useful. So things like talking to my wife about how do we make that happen, looking at speaking opportunities that may happen down here, figuring out the best times of year for me and the kids and and my wife to come down here, maybe figuring out if it's just me and one of the kids that come down here, like looking at that, planning that, structuring that, breaking it down, breaking this project down to its particles. So that way it makes it so much easier to get closer to it because I'm seeing measured progress consistently. And then ultimately I should get to the outcome that I want. Or at the very least, I'll figure out maybe there's another outcome. Maybe San Diego isn't the place. Maybe there's somewhere else to go. And the other great thing is that with these visual triggers, I can use this as a a journaling exercise. So why do I want to spend more time in San Diego? Well, there's a great business community here. And, and, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't really change the way we operate in our daily lives. There's lots of different ways to do this. But the biggest thing is when you see a trigger, the job of the trigger is to move you forward. And often we see these triggers and we don't allow them to move us forward or we don't take the time. We don't slow down and take the time to let them do that. I encourage you to do that. This is your three minutes minutes of time crafting crafting for February 14th, 2019. I'm Mike Vardy. So I'm sitting here recording this episode on a new mixer, and it got me to thinking about some of the stuff that I'm doing that I could be delegating, and I delegate the production of my weekly podcast, but not so much the daily podcast. And I think that knowing where that boundary is is really important to me because eventually I may want to delegate this to someone else, but to have the ability to understand a little bit about what what goes into producing a podcast and what goes into producing audio in general is important to me. Same thing with filming. Uh, But one of the things I've done recently is I've done a lot of filming and I've decided that I want to bring somebody on to edit it because the barrier, the bottleneck is me in that regard. Yes, there's certain things I can do, but I need to get that thing going. I need to get the YouTube channel going. I need to get all of that stuff going. And in your life, maybe you're facing something similar. For example, there's things that you probably need to do around your house that are things that other people could do. If you have kids, sometimes you give that to your kids to do. Sometimes you, you know, you, you do it yourself. And the propensity to, to have that bias in your head to say, oh, you know what, I'll just do it myself because I can get it done faster is one of those ones that I know I need to combat and I'm sure you do as well. What I want you to do is when you think about this stuff, think about the idea of what you could be doing instead of doing that stuff. And if you want to tie some kind of monetary remuneration to it or something like that, you could say, okay, well, if I spend my time doing this thing, let's say mowing the lawn, what else could I be doing that I enjoy doing or that only I can do that would earn enough money to allow somebody else to mow that lawn or to do the weeding or, or whatever. As much as I want my yard to look great, and John Acuff has talked about this in, in one of his previous books, um, 
I don't, I'm not good at that. It's going to take me two to three times as long to do that as opposed to, say, a gardener or uh, some, some college student who wants to just earn a little bit of extra income. So there are going to be certain things where you're going to want to explore, and that's the other side of it. I'm wanting to explore doing some more audio work. So I've got this this new Rode Procaster and and uh, Rodecaster Pro rather, and I'm going to be exploring that. Uh, you know, I'm got a few little small video editing tools. I'm going to explore that as well. Today's my learning day on a Thursday. That's what I do. So I'm going to be spending some time learning about that stuff. But I think you need to kind of define those edges and have those boundaries in place of where where do I have to say I'm going to learn at my own pace as opposed to just-in-time learning, and then pass on that stuff to someone else? Or what can I offload so I can create some of that space so I can learn, explore, and be more, quote, productive and use your time better along the way? Hopefully this has been helpful to you. I know it's been helpful to me just to talk about it. This has been your three minutes of time crafting. I'll see you next time. Here's your three minutes of time crafting for February 15th, 2019. I'm Mike Vardy. So if you've been following my work for a while, you know that I theme my days. And I've always said that you don't need to theme every single day of the week. And I definitely don't think you should start doing that right out of the gate because it's just a lot and it can be pretty overwhelming. And when a day just doesn't work out, the theme just doesn't work out for the day, then then you're going to be more likely to toss all of the daily themes aside because, you know, that's just the way the brain works. It's thinking, hey, if this doesn't work for this day, how could it work for other days? kind of like those biases that I know I've spoken about. And if you look online, there's tons of researches around uh, cognitive bias and things like that. So, but what I want to get to is, is today, as I'm recording this, it's a, it's a Thursday, but if you're listening to this the day it's released, it's Friday. And Friday for me is a, a deep work day. So I classify it as such, not because of the fact that Friday is necessarily the best day to do deep work right out of the gate, because let's face it, you're going into a weekend, it's not always the best time to be saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to dig in deep to some deep writing or some deep planning or anything that's going to require some real you know, energy and concentration. But the reason that I went with this as my deep work day is it gives me two opportunities. Number one, it allows me to eliminate meetings from my schedule on Fridays, meaning that I don't meet with anyone by rule. There are a few exceptions from time to time. And actually this week, there are some exceptions to that rule. But also it it allows me to uh, know that when I wake up on Friday morning that I have no commitments to anyone other than to the work, right? So that's a big part of it. So it allows me to kind of block off my schedule. No one can book any times with me, things like that. So for me, that's a good opportunity to do deep work because that is, it's kind of like expected that there's not going to be any interruption. So my brain's already wired for it. So if you work in an environment that allows you to do that, that's one great way to think about it. If you've got a nine to five job, no meetings on Fridays, that kind of thing. We see that at work a lot. But the other reason is that today is uh, Friday is a day off of work or school for, for my kids. So that means that they're going to be home. So I need to be able to kick a deep work day aside from time to time. I do have some horizontal themes, some, some hourly kind of things that work, but that way when, you know, I can't give up a, a video day or a, or a learning day or a audio day, but I can give up a deep work day from time to time. It doesn't happen very often, but when I do, I know that you know, on Friday, if I don't get to do deep work this Friday, the next instance comes along. So that's a reason why same thing happens with Mondays for me, by the way, as well. So something to think about if you're theming your days, think about them from the things that you know to be true consistently, but also the things that show up every once in a while, because that can play a role in how long they stick and how much you get done every single week. That's it for your three minutes of time crafting for today. I'm Mike Vardy. 
Have a great weekend, and I'll see you tomorrow. Here's your three minutes of time crafting for February 16th, 2019. I'm Mike Vardy. So on the heels of yesterday's episode where I talked about theming your days and how I use Friday as kind of a deep work day, not only because there's a certainty around the fact that, hey, there may not be anyone wanting to meet with me on those days, so I don't meet with them. So I just block off that day with no meetings and I can just wake up in the morning and know I can get to the deeper work or the deeper conversations that I want to have with myself and sometimes with other people as well, uh, you know, my team, etc. cetera. Uh, but also the fact that when my kids are off school, like they were yesterday, I know I can toss that day aside and say, hey, next week's going to be another deep work, deep work day. I've got the opportunity to, to pick up and go from there. The other thing to consider is the reason that theming works, and today is a great example of that, is that today is my family day. It's, it's actually, a, a, it can be either family or planning depending on the weather. Uh, the weather today is not so hot, uh, so it's going to be a planning day. But if it was a family day, uh, which means Sunday, by the way, it's going to be a family day for me. So they, they kind of intermingle. I've, I've run it by the boss to make sure that I can make that happen. But uh, I'll use today as an example. Today I'll be doing a lot of planning but on any other given week, there is a chance that Saturday could be a family day and or Sunday could be a family day. So there is a movie out that my son wants to see. I want to see it with him too. What's great about theming your days and creating those kind of boundaries that are that are actually quite transparent is, especially if you're a parent, that my son doesn't say to me, hey, dad, can I, we go see this movie today? Or when can we go see this movie? Very vague uh, open-ended question. Uh, it, it'll, it, you know, it's kind of, it, it makes me having to th- have to think about it. Although I already kind of know what the answer is going to be. It's going to be, well, maybe this weekend, but ever since he's kind of gotten used to the fact that I do have specific times of day and days of the week that are themed as such, he knows not to say, when can we go see this movie? He says, can we go see this movie on Saturday or Sunday? And then he actually now is, he's older. He goes, well, which day is your family day this week? Like which day is the day we're going to be doing that kind of stuff? And to be honest, most of my Saturdays and Sundays are now family days. I've actually been able to get more work done during the week. So creating these boundaries allows more specific questions to be asked so that my kids, for example, can get the answers that they want because they kind of know it's set up as such. Hey, can we go see the new Lego movie on Saturday, dad? Sure. Yes, we can. And then it allows me to kind of craft my time around that. And then they know, which is also great. So the other benefit to theming your days is it creates some, not just boundaries for yourself, which you are to respect, but also some awareness and some consistency where you can do things and plan things so that yes, they may seem a little bit less spontaneous, but they're definitely going to be more fulfilling. So there you go. There's another tip when it comes to theming your days. That's it for your three minutes of time crafting for today. I'm Mike Vardy. I will see you later. Here's your three minutes of time crafting for February 17th, 2019. I'm Mike Vardy. So I've been talking about theming a lot lately and why theming works. And I think that, that there's some real benefits to think about how you would want to go about doing this. And, and, and what I want you to do, and I talk about this when I, when I have coaching clients and courses and things like that. And I mean, we go in way deeper than we can in three minutes with those. But just to get you started, if you're thinking, hey, how can I do this? One of the things that I encourage you to do is not to start next week. You know, you have to look beyond that because in order to theme your days and to theme your time, really, you need to be able to go far enough ahead that you give it a chance to take hold. So one of the things that I do, and if you're going to do this exercise, what I recommend you do is don't look to next week. Don't even look to the week after. Certainly don't look at this week. 
look three weeks down the road at minimum, because what you're going to see is that your calendar is freed up a bit, but there's going to be these stalwart kind of appointments and schedules that, that are always consistent. Because when we look at this week, it's already largely taken up by a lot of things. So we look at next week, some stuff's already started to invade the space. And even the week after, you might see that too. So I encourage you to look no no sooner really than three weeks out. So that way you get a sense of, hey, you know, we have a regular office meeting on Monday or, you know, the kids have piano lessons every Friday or things like that. You get a, a much cleaner look at your calendar. So that way when you start to map out what the possible themes of your days could be, you can really get a, a clearer picture of what that looks like and you won't be overwhelmed by all the things that are already appearing on your calendar. Because that's the other thing is if you look two weeks down the road, you're going to be overwhelmed. You're not going to be as clear. You're not going to be as focused. And and you're, you may make a decision that doesn't necessarily represent the reality of your life week in and week out. The other thing that I would recommend you do when you do this is don't theme more than one day. Pick one day that you know you can be consistent with. So for example, if you know that Saturday is a day where you spend time at home with your family, maybe call it family day, maybe call it household day, maybe call it home day, and then start gravitating those tasks to take place on those days. So if you don't necessarily get to, you know, review your fire uh, smoke alarms in your house on tomorrow, then say, okay, well, you know what? I know it's coming up on a future Saturday or Sunday or whatever. So it's really important not to try to do this too quickly. And def so, so definitely look in the future for theming your days and definitely only start, start small and, and then build upon that. And I think that's a big thing to consider when you're theming your days. It's such a huge thing that you can do and it's so beneficial over the long run, but you've got to start slowly and make progress from there. That's it for your three minutes of time crafting for today. I'm Mike Vardy. We will see you later. Here's your three minutes of time crafting for February 18th, 2019. I'm Mike Vardy. So I don't start my week on a Monday. I know it's weird, you know, when you think about it, because the work week traditionally starts on a Monday. But if you were to look at a, a traditional calendar, you know, the way they, they you know, the ones you buy at a store or whatever, the paper calendars, not, not, not Google Calendar, not Outlook, not any of those, they start on a Sunday. That's when they start. Uh, sure, you can buy some that are, you know, in uh, the start on Mondays nowadays. But, you know, think back and Sunday is the traditionally the first day of the week. So that's when I start my week on a Sunday. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean I dive deep into work on a Sunday. The best thing that I recommend people do on Sundays anyway, whether they start their week on a Sunday or not, is that you look at Sunday as an opportunity to get ahead of the week. So as a night owl, I'm very, very fortunate that I can, you know, uh, make my plans later in the day on a Sunday because, you know, I'm able to kind of weather the storm of being, quote, tired that a lot of people get when they, you know, start to hit that 9, 10 o'clock wall. So for me, that's, that's a really, really great time for me to sit down and say, okay, what do I want, not just Monday, but the rest of my week to look like? The problem with doing that on a Monday, unless you're really up and at it early Monday morning, and I'll be clear that this is something that, uh, you know, a lot of people that are early risers can do, is the week can start without you. <laughs> you know, you can start working on a Monday and the first thing you have is a, is, a, is a status meeting in your office and, you know, you go and you check your email and all of a sudden the week is starting to get away with you just as it begins. So Sunday, there is that calm before the storm, for lack of a better term. So 
I encourage you, if you don't even start your week on a Sunday by doing actual tasks that are on your to-do list that, that might be related to your work, even though you're still at home or you're still off hours, I, I would encourage you to look at your week to come and say, hey, what can I do to craft this week in the best way possible? Now, if you're theming your days, you're going to be able to gravitate your tasks towards very specific days. If you're doing horizontal theming, the same thing can apply. And if you're doing a weekly sprint, then you can say, okay, this week is the week I'm focusing on this very particular type of project or intention. And you can kind of frame that as well. By the way, if you are a morning person, you may want to plan on Sunday night anyway, because that way you can hit the ground morning, uh, ground running rather when you get up early on a Monday. So there's that to consider as well. So when I say start your week on a Sunday, you can do all the things on Sunday that you do during the daytime and 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 that and that's a great thing to do. And you don't need to necessarily do any physical actions or, or any tasks, but to just map out the week to come will make your Monday that much better. So there you go. There's a little bit of an insight as we head into the week, or at least as you can prepare for next week, if that's what you're looking at. That's it for your three minutes of time crafting for today. I'm Mike Vardy. We will see you later. Here's your three minutes of time crafting for February 19th, 2019. I'm Mike Vardy. So I've been asked, like, why are you doing a daily podcast? It's not like you don't have enough to do already. Uh, you know, you've got family. I mean, you didn't send an email in months. Uh, clearly, you travel, you speak. What What is the point of doing a daily podcast? And I've... I'll tell you, one of the reasons behind it purely uh, comes back to this idea that I believe that in order to, you know, craft your time, that it's it's kind of like anything else that you want to do consistently. You need to have, you know, constant reminders or, or um, a place that you can go consistently so that way you know um, you, you don't lose sight of it. You don't lose track. You know, it's, it's like that whole idea of don't break the chain that you, we've, you know, many of us, uh, you know, will have heard with Jerry Seinfeld, the idea that doing something every single day and not breaking the chain. Um, I'll tell you that I did try to write uh, a daily blog over at medium and I still got something over there, but it was just harder for me to keep that pace going. Uh, it's much easier uh, for me and simpler, honestly, for me to do a three-minute podcast. Uh, I can batch the podcast, and truth be told, I do a lot of that on Wednesday, which is my my listening day, my audio day. I will do a lot of those podcast recordings, and sometimes I won't. It's uh, that, That's the freedom of having a three-minute show is that I can do it in three minutes or less, and uh, it's good to go. I don't need to necessarily batch it up. On, on a Wednesday per se. But but I think that was the, the big reason was I wanted to have some consistency. There's other ways I'm going to be doing that in the future. Clearly writing blog posts every day uh, is not one of those, but there are plenty of ways that I can do it. Um, I want to I foster community around time crafting. I want to help people as often as I can in bite-sized chunks too, because I don't want to be doing hour-long podcasts or anything like this. So and and finally, the other reason is there was an incident, um, and I say incident, but there was an instance once where I was uh, at a at a conference and someone walked by me. I didn't know who they were, and they said, "Hey, I love your podcast." So even though I don't consider myself a podcaster first and foremost, some people do, and I'm embracing that. So that's why I am doing a daily podcast. I'm a just as much as I'm a writer and a, and a filmmaker and a creative, you know, and an entrepreneur, I am a podcaster and a daily podcast 
is, is the next natural evolution. And I wanted to get back on that wagon as well. So I am. So that's why I'm doing, doing a daily podcast. And I hope it's helping you out. That's it for your three minutes of time crafting for today. Three minutes of time crafting for February 20th, 2019. I'm Mike Marty. So I want to talk to you about frameworks today because a lot of people, when they think about a framework, they think it's restrictive or uh, it doesn't give them the flexibility that they need to complete certain tasks or deal with any of the things that could come up spontaneously, spontaneously throughout the day. Um, and, and here's the thing is that frameworks actually do foster freedom. And let me explain why. So if you have a framework in place, and I'll use, for example, uh, the idea of my weekly podcast. So we have a very clear framework of how we produce that show. And uh, as we add more advertisers to it, I have to create an, a, a little bit of a tighter framework to make sure that we can put the advertisers in the, so they're spaced out. So that way um, there's some consistency. So, um, we haven't gotten to that point yet, but when we do, I've, I've got a plan in place. And I think that's the important thing. We've always heard that that adage, you know, if you fail to plan, plan to fail, or I find plans to be a planning, planning to be useful, but plans to be useless. I think that's the point is frameworks put a plan in place and then like a battle plan, and then you can adjust it as you need to. So, um, you know, when I talk about theming your time as a framework, I think the great thing about that is that you don't necessarily have to uh, get really, really specific about what you're going to be doing at very particular times of day. You can broaden it out a bit. Even if you're doing horizontal theming, you, you don't have to necessarily sit back and say, hey, you know what? I am going to be working on email from 9 to 10. Instead, you could say communication, which is a bit broader, and therefore you've got this flexibility of doing email or social media or phone calls or whatever. But if you don't have a framework there, so if you don't even have that area blocked off or themed or whatever, then you're you're gonna you're gonna go in in an order that your brain is used to going in anyway. You're going to go in maybe sequential order, or you're going to look at your calendar and say, oh, I have these meetings, but I better do these things before these meetings, like immediately before. You're going to do things in an order that your brain can only make sense out of anyway. So if you put a framework in place then it gives you the flexibility and freedom to be able to make choices around that. And I think that that's the thing that gets missed often is that, you know, there's this, there's this framework in place and it's not flexible. You need a flexible framework, one that works for you so that you can foster the freedom that you need to move things forward on a daily basis. Some people can do daily themes. Some people can only do horizontal themes. Some people really focus on, you know, only doing five things per day. Like I consider the day to be successful. I've done five particular things, which I'm going to get to tomorrow, but for now, I just want you to think about like if you have a framework and look around your house. I mean, look look in your life in general. You have frameworks in place that allow you to be more free. So think about applying them in places where they may not exist. That's it for three minutes of time crafting for today. I'm Mike Vardy. We'll see you later. Here's your three minutes of time crafting for February 21st, 2019. I'm Mike Vardy. So yesterday I hinted on five things that I need to do to be more successful or to consider the day a success, a productive one. Now, I want to preface this by saying that this is based on my life, my, you know, my setup, all that stuff it has nothing to do with, I mean, yours are going to be different, but you may have to choose five different things, whatever. But I think the key here is, is that if you can kind of solidify, you know, three to five things. We heard about the one thing, the Gary Keller book, and, and, you know, three things per day and all that stuff. There's lots of different adages, but I want to make waves every day. And the waves is an acronym. Go figure, another acronym I'm a fan of.
But this is something fairly new to me, but I wanted to have it because what, what I'm doing is I'm creating more content and I want to make sure that I'm able to do that on a consistent basis. So I need to make waves every day. And the waves are, the W is writing, so I need to write every day. The A is for audio. I need to do audio every day, mainly to keep, you know, this podcast up and all the other stuff going on. V is video. I need to do some form of video every day, whether it's a, a video for YouTube or for Instagram stories or for IGTV or, or course or whatever. E is for exercise. Now, initially that was email. But then I went exercising. I said, no, 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 I need to exercise. So exercise. So as of I'm recording this right now, I've not done my exercise for today. And it, I won't consider the day to be productive unless I do that. Like it's cut or dried. It won't be productive if I don't get the exercise done. And then the S is for socialize. So that could be online socialization, like through social media. Or it could be, you know, um, getting out in public. Today I'm actually going to be socializing with friends later on tonight. So that's a social activity. So for me, those wave, those are waves. Those are the things I need to do every day to consider myself to have had a productive day, um, baseline, baseline productive day. So again, if I don't exercise today, I'm going to look at that and go, well, I didn't do that. Uh, you know, right now, as it stands right now, I haven't done any writing yet today either. So I got to do that too. So if I get all those things done, I can say, okay, that's a good jumping off point and everything else is maybe not gravy, but it's definitely going to make my day feel that much more uh, productive. So maybe you can use waves too. Maybe writing for you is going to be, you know, writing a report. Maybe your video is going to be getting on FaceTime and talking to a friend. Maybe your socializing is going to be, you know, going out with some colleagues. But find like three to five things and, and, and like use those as your baseline for, hey, it, today can be a success if I do these three to five things or whatever it needs to be. And then align those maybe with theming your time or, or what have you. Uh, you know, it's 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 a more reasonable and probably more humane way to be productive. So there you go. That's 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 how I make waves every single day, and uh, I'm going to continue to make waves here on this daily podcast. So I'd like to thank you for joining me. This has been your three minutes of time crafting. This we'll is you your later. three minutes of time crafting for February twenty first, two thousand nineteen. I'm Mike Vardy. So you're hearing me in my studio right now. I'm using my my Rodecaster Pro. I'm using my good mic. I'm sitting in my podcasting chair uh, doing this daily podcast as part of like the waves that I do every single day. And, and I've batched a few episodes. There's no question about that. But one of the things that I, I want to make sure that you know and that I know is that it's not always going to be this way. Now, what, is that, what do I mean by that? Well, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to do them. You know, I'm going to stop. I've stopped once. I don't want to stop again. I did the same thing with Medium, and I don't want to do that again. We talked about that when I told you why I was doing a daily podcast. But what I'm saying is that no matter where I am, I'm going to be doing this. And and as you know, you're listening to this, I may very well be on the road. Uh, I may be traveling. In fact, I am preparing these episodes because I'm going to be traveling. But I'm not going to prepare all of them because I don't have everything quite crystallized for these episodes. This was a topic that I just decided that I wanted to touch on because I think that uh, if you're in your quest to be more productive and to craft your time, that you need to not only look ahead to do things, and, and I'm in my making time right now, so I'm going to do this kind of thing, but also you have to work with what you have, you know, um, do what you can with what you have in the moment. And so if I'm going to be at a, co a conference and I may not have my best microphone and my best audio equipment, I do have my phone. And, and uh, yes, there's going to be some audio um, hiccups or a uh, lower quality of audio, but the content that, that, that I hope over kind of overrides that. So I think it's important that, you know, this idea of done is better than, 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 
than perfect is is a is a good one um and in certain situations you're going to need to you know like with exercise you're going to need to you know work with what you have when it comes to you know recording an audio or even doing video like there'll be instances where i'll need to use my iphone now what i think you need to do though is if you're like hey you know what this is good but i want to make it better next time make note of that that's why journaling can help so if it's like hey you know what i made a video but it's all shaky so maybe i need to get a gimbal you know or hey you know what i wanted to bring books to read but they were too heavy and it made my suitcase too full so i'm gonna start putting things on my kindle in advance things like that make these you know these are teachable moments and learn from them so that way the next time you can take it up a notch and and so that's what i wanted to share with you do what you can with what you have and have those resources uh, and use them but by the same token if you know that you can up your resources down the line capture that in the moment make note of that when you think of it rather than you know the next time you pack to go away or the next time you're in another location you're like you know what darn i wish i'd done that in advance and now now i'm stuck with what i had before this has been your three minutes of time crafting i'm mike Vardy. here's your three See minutes you later. of time crafting for february 23rd 2019 i'm mike Vardy. So I recently talked to you about the idea of making waves every day, the idea that I write, I do audio, video, exercise, and socialize every single day. But that's all well and good. But, you know, I do have a comprehensive to-do list, whether uh, for me, I actually use a combination like a hybrid system where I have paper for a lot of things. I've got my weekly work pad and I've got my daily uh, progress sheets. And then I also have longer term stuff stored in places like Asana and Todoist, primarily Asana at this point for team stuff and Todoist stuff for longer term family stuff. So the paper is mainly the way for me to kind of go into those large, longer term, those those more robust tools and then pull them out and put them onto paper. So I'll use my daily planning sheet, which if you haven't grabbed that yet, you can do that. Uh, just go to productivityist.com slash, uh, I think it's the get the daily progress planner, I believe, but you can go ahead and take a look. It's right on the homepage. You can't really miss it. Um, and then the weekly work pad kind of I, I irons out my week if I want to go ahead and, and, and do that. But the waves, the waves have been interesting because uh, they're really simple for me. I've got two ways to do it. Um, you could pick any of these ways. There's actually three, but I'm shifting away from the first one, which is the whiteboard. I have a whiteboard on my wall behind me as I'm recording right now, and I can put just the initials at the top, like W-A-V-E-S, and kind of have them all at the top, and then underneath them put the different things that I might want to write or audio or video. And so I've got these five columns, and then as I do them, I either cross or wipe them out. That's one way. I'm actually shifting towards using chalk more for that stuff. I'm kind of getting into chalkboard lettering, but I haven't really told anybody that yet, but I am spending more time doing that. So that's another way that you could do it. You could use chalk if you're into that. Um, or you could just use a big old piece of paper, like a pad, and just create these five columns. Um, so that's one way you can do it. And that, I tend to, to think that if I didn't have the daily progress planner, I didn't have the weekly work pad, that would be fine. I could, you know, basically do it that way. But the the quickest way for you to do it, if, you, if you're going to do waves or whatever your acronym is going to be, is just grab a post-it note, a sticky note, whatever, and write them down. Just write the day's one down, not the whole week, just the one for that day. And then as you do it, cross it off simple. I think it's important to have that disconnect from your digital tools so you can better connect with the tasks at hand. So if you're going to do something like I've just mentioned in terms of like making waves every day and whatever that means for you, 
use something as simple as a piece of paper or even smaller, a post-it note or an index card, and just write those five things down. And then as you do them, that's your baseline, okay? So it's really a simple thing to do, and it doesn't take much effort. It just takes that ability to, to recognize that you need that time and you need that space. That's it for your three minutes of time crafting for today. I'm Mike Vardy. We will see you later. Here's your three minutes of time crafting for February 24th, 2019. I'm Mike Barty. So I, I get asked this a lot, and I think that this is a, definitely something I wanted to spend a little bit of time with, and that's the idea of what should go on your calendar versus what should go on your to-do list. Um, I tend to agree with David Allen, who created Getting Things Done, with the idea that things that should go on your calendar are appointments that you've made. Uh, either with others that are unbreakable, going to a doctor, seeing your lawyer, uh, visiting family, etc., catching an airplane, uh, and also those that you can make with yourself. So I'm going to schedule time with myself to go to the gym at this time because, uh, you know, you've, you've tried to put it in the other thing, which you're going to talk about, and it just doesn't, doesn't work. So sometimes you need to schedule very specific things for yourself. Uh, my biggest issue with the calendar is putting all your tasks on it because it doesn't leave any room for flexibility. Uh, so the calendar is also how I kind of look at it as the guideline for your day. You've got your benchmarks, your definite unmovables, let's say, and then you've got things like your daily theme and your horizontal themes that can kind of fit into that. And I'm going to talk more about my other, uh, I'm going to do a series of my horizontal themes uh, in the not too distant future. So stay, stay subscribed uh, and you can learn more about that. I'm also going to show some of this stuff on uh, some of my other social channels as well. So you can listen to me talk about it or you can see me talk about it uh, and show it to you in the future. Now, the, as for the to-do list, that's where the details of the day exist. So if let's for, say, for example, uh, that my uh, today is my looking day, my video day. Well, that tells me what I should be focusing on. And then the details live inside the to-do list. And, and it shines a light on those very specific tasks that I've tagged with video or looking or whatever. But also the to-do list houses tasks that, you know, may not fall into the theme, but I recognize need to be on, on that given day. Uh, so that, that in a nutshell is how I look at these things. The to-do list is basically going to, it's going to, you're going to be filling that coffer consistently, but the calendar is kind of like your, your framework, that guideline, that grid, if you will. So if you are finding yourself overwhelmed by looking at your calendar, try to offload some of those things and put them on your to-do list or uh, combine them instead of, you know, so that you've got broader themes. And then when you look at, you know, communication time, you can then go to your to-do list and see all the things that you should do during communication time. I call this my daily CT scan. I, I've written about it over at productivityist.com. You can check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes as well, even though, you know, I don't know if you're looking at the show notes in three minutes or less, but there you have it. So that's how I look at the calendar and the to-do list, how I treat each of them and what each of them represents to me in my productivity path, so to speak. So there you go. That's been your three minutes of time crafting for today. I am Mike Vardy. I'll see you later. Here's your three minutes of time crafting for February 25th, 2019. I'm Mike Barty. <sighs> you know, um, one of the things that I hear about a lot when it comes to getting better at something, becoming more efficient, more effective, even finding success, is the idea, a very good idea, by the way, of showing up every day, being consistent. So if you show up every day, you do something every week, you go to the gym consistently. Uh, that is one ingredient 
towards uh, success and towards, you know, kind of living the life that you really want to live. Um, it's almost like the, 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 um, the action and you know, the action or the intention, uh, being, uh, given attention consistently. I think that's important, but the thing I don't get, uh, here, uh, here very much being talked about when it comes to the idea of success or even like, you know, trying to adopt a new mindset or in the case of my work, you know, the understanding, you know, like I'm going to start using mode-based work and themes and I'm learning a new piece of software or whatever is the idea of patience. We, we tend to want things now <laughs> when, when it takes time, things take time. It takes time to be discovered. It takes time for things to take hold in your mind and uh, in, in, in the world in general. And I was reminded of this uh, when I was looking at the stats for this very podcast. Uh, recently, I looked at them and I thought, well, there's not a lot of people listening yet. Um, but the same could be said for when I started podcasting 10 years ago. I mean, the Productivity is Podcast, which I hope you subscribe to, uh, it's a weekly show and I get a decent number of downloads every single episode. But it wasn't like that out of the gate. I showed up every week and through time and patience and effort and all that stuff and focus uh, now all of a sudden it's getting the the it's garnering the attention it deserves and it'll probably get more and more so i want you to keep that in mind when you're adopting a new skill or you are you know working with your kids or you're trying to adopt a new behavior um, I've got plenty of them that I'm trying to adopt with my wife right now because there's certain things that just drive her nuts, but I have been doing for years. So I've got like, you know, I'm trying to, trying to be better with those things. Patience is part of it. Yes. Consistency is an ingredient. It needs, you need to be consistent because, um, that will allow, uh, someone to be more patient or you to be more patient because you can see that there's progress consistently being made. There's it, it you're moving bit by bit, step by step, but they're small bits. They're small steps in a lot of cases. So exercise patience. Remember, time moves on whether we want it to or not, but patience is, is an ingredient that we can only have at our disposal. This has been your three minutes of time crafting. See you later. Here's your three minutes of time crafting for February 26, 2019. I'm Mike Vardy. It's it's funny, you know, I've, I've just returned from a trip and, uh, most people think that, oh, it's a trip, it's rest. Not not, not a lot. Actually, being probably too general, a lot of people think, oh, look, he's going off to a conference. There's some rest there. It's, it's a different element than his regular routine. Yes, I have my daily themes, and I still try to do a lot of what's related to my daily themes when I'm traveling, and I'll address that more in, in future content. But when I go traveling for work, or when I travel in general, it's not really rest. At least the travel part isn't. And I think that I was talking to my friend uh, Sean McCabe uh, on uh, on over text when I told him I was coming down to to San Antonio, and he expressed you know his small sabbaticals, which I I love this idea of his small sabbaticals. And he was about to go on one, and he said to me, you know, uh, I said I'm coming to town. I said, would you like to get together? And he goes, actually, I'm starting my small sabbatical, so we'll see. Like there was no guarantee, and. I thought, you know, that's admirable because he, he even said in the text exchanges as we went back and forth, he goes, you know, we, we need to rest more. We don't take time to rest. Yes, I will be the first to admit that there's a bit of a luxury that him and I have that we run our own businesses. But when you run your own businesses, sometimes the notion of rest is, is something that you kind of don't pay attention to. 
theming has helped me with that. The idea of having a family day, the idea of having some movement time, the idea of cutting off my day when the kids get home from school or when, but an hour after they get home from school now, because they need to decompress on their own. But, uh, I think that that's like patience, which I talked about yesterday, the idea of rest doesn't really, uh, take hold as much as it should. We just got through, if you're listening to this uh, in, in the month that's published, but January is a great example. Uh, I would th- I do not make New Year's resolutions because I believe January is a time for rest and reflection and rejuvenation. I don't believe it's time for taking on massive new things. I believe February is, and that's exactly what I've done uh, in the month of February. That's when this podcast came back to life. That's when I started to do more stuff on YouTube. It's when I started to do a lot more stuff. So I want you to keep that in mind. When you have the opportunity to rest, number one, take it. Number two, don't feel guilty about it because we we are human. <laughs> we are not machines. You know, often our schedules and our to-do lists are inhumane. And I propose that we should have schedules and to-do lists that are more humane because we are not inhuman. We are human, right? So uh, take some time to rest. Even if they're small rests, take your breaks. Take time off during the weekends. Think When you can get rest, take it because you know, it can be hard to come by. That's it for your three minutes of time crafting. I'm Mike Vardy. Here's your three minutes of time crafting for February 27th, 2019. I'm Mike Vardy. So today is a Wednesday and Wednesday is traditionally known as the middle of the work week for depending on when you started, right? I start my week on a Sunday. So it's actually right smack dab in the middle of the week for me. But if you're working a five-day work week, then Wednesday falls smack dab in the middle of that for you. And, you know, back in 2010, I actually wrote something called the Midweek Manifesto. And the whole idea of of it was to try to kind of spur you on or spur myself on, really, but to motivate myself to kind of uh, move things forward and get through uh, and get over that hump. And, you know, Wednesday is traditionally also called hump day. Um, so here, here is the midweek manifesto, and then I'll, I'll kind of dive into uh, why uh, why it's something I've, I've still I still kind of pay attention to every once in a while. Thought why I thought I'd bring it to your attention today. So here it is. So my mission is to reflect on the beginning of the week, see what I've not done, and reboot it, and see what I've done and celebrate it. Looking forward, I will take what's left to be done and do it. With the rest of my plans, I will stand firm. I'll add tasks as I need and make sure that I heed my own voice, the voice that tells me I must get to complete. Now, I wrote this for a site that I work for called Work Awesome. And it was the whole idea is just to kind of, again, remind yourself that there's still part of the week to go. And yet the week is also kind of past the halfway mark. So really the whole idea is to not let the week get away from you. So if the week Monday and Tuesday or for me Sunday, Monday, Tuesday hasn't worked out so well, just remember that there's still a good half of the week to go. Uh, you know, so I, I still kind of do this every week. Um, you know, the fact that, you know, it, it's something that I look at consistently is 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 interesting and to me in, in that I, I, I just realize that every Wednesday I, I, I just look at this midweek manifesto and I realize, hey, you know what? No matter what's happened early in the week, and, and as I'm recording this, you know, the beginning of this week has actually been quite good. I've been quite productive. 
Uh, but that doesn't mean I can kind of let things slide for the rest of the week, especially with a busy weekend ahead. So again, I want you to keep this manifesto in mind. You can go back and listen to it again. But uh, I don't know, sometimes these mantras or these these manifestos, these little uh, kind of you know poems, if you will, <laughs> these missives can save a week and, and in the process save you as well. Uh, that's it for your three minutes of time crafting for today. I'll see you later. Here's your three minutes of time crafting for February 28th, 2019. I'm Mike Vardy. Recently, I altered one of my daily themes, and I've altered a few recently, but the one that I want to pay particular attention to today is my training day. Now, the reason I called it my training day, and it was Thursday, actually, uh, ironically, it's the day that this episode is actually coming out, if you're listening to it right out of the gate, uh, is because it's the day that I spent a lot of my time focused on coaching clients, training you know, team members, things of that nature, and even training myself to a degree. But then I started to think about, along with some of my other themes, did it make sense? Did, did that word resonate? And I found that I was letting a lot of those tasks related to training on the table. And I talked about this in a uh, newsletter and a post that I sent out not too long ago about the idea that, uh, you know, when the word stops resonating with you, if the mantra or whatever stops resonating with you, it's time to look at that and make a change. So I started to dive into what is synonymous with training, like what words would or what theme could be uh, synonymous with that and also have a little bit more depth to it because that's what I was looking for is depth. And I, I keep coming back to the term learning. In fact, I used to call this day learning day, but it was it didn't seem to work when I initially started. It was almost like training made more sense. And there's a reason. I've got a blog post here I'm going to link to from Katie Martin, and she talks about the difference between training and versus learning. And there's a significant difference, actually, when you think about it. So training is the action of teaching a person or animal a particular skill or of or type of behavior. And learning is the acquisition of knowledge or skills through experience, study, or by being taught. So there's definite differences between these. For example, training, uh, one of the elements is needs or focus are externally designed. But with learning, it's individually or collectively determined based on goals or needs. That to me is is more of what I'm doing. I'm absorbing information. I'm I'm based on my intentions. I'm I'm learning certain things. I'm uh, training is very uh, training to me now seems very uh, like a project. It's I've got to be trained in this, but learning seems to be an ongoing process. So that's why I made that change. So it, when you're thinking about training, being trained and, and spending time learning. And if you're going to use these as modes uh, in your work or you're trying to figure out, hey, when am I doing what? Training has definitely got some sense of finite uh, elements to it, whereas learning, it's ongoing. So to me, it makes more sense as a daily theme going forward. And it's one that I think is going to resonate with me over the long term for obvious reasons. That's it for your three minutes of time crafting today. I hope it was helpful. I'm Mike Vardy. We'll see you later.